0: Hey guys welcome to another episode of the marriage in transition podcast sean and lynette here we're just here helping you guys create connection and unity through uncontrollable change
1: yeah and today this is probably one of my favorite discussions okay we're going to talk about finding the gold when things aren't so good how to find the gold when things aren't so
0: gold nuggets
1: yeah and what we're talking about is how to see the best in your spouse, even through the worst of times. And that's not necessarily an easy thing, but it's an important and essential thing that we need to do. This is actually one of my favorite chapters in all of Marriage and Transition. This is chapter four. Okay, so we're going to dive deep into this thing. Lynette, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's go! go. All right, Sanj, so one of the
0: things, you know... um, we had the pleasure of doing throughout our parenting years is going to choir programs. Yeah. And uh, one of our last choir programs was quite memorable.
1: Yeah. It was a <laughs> concert that our youngest daughter was participating in and it was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> and one of the things that happened, there was this young lady who was singing and, you know, she didn't know the words to the song. Yeah. Her performance was really bad she knew it and midway through her performance. I think it, she got to the second verse and she just said on the mic, she said, I'm not doing this. And then she dropped threw down the, the
0: mic and walked off the stage. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I was amazed by it. But one of the things that I realized is that there are some couples who need to drop the mic after saying, we're not doing this yeah. anymore. And I'm not talking about leaving the relationship. Let's
0: clarify. Yeah.
1: I'm talking about, Having these negative thoughts about our spouse that we're allowing to dominate how we see them. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, A brain worm is like a melody that actually gets stuck in your head. And we've all had brain worms before. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's where you lay down at night and you just can't get that jingle just out of your head. And you're just like, (laughs) that mattress
0: jingle? (laughs) Yeah. You're like,
1: stop it. (laughs) You know, I just wish it would stop. Right. And what's interesting is, After a while, you have that, you know, your favorite song or that irritating jingle that's stuck in your head. After a while, you hear that song through your own voice. Right. And it begins to sound like you. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, as with those melodies that get stuck in our head, we're susceptible to being trapped in repeatable life patterns as a couple and as individuals. And the Bible would call these strongholds. Right. It's a way of thinking about a person yep. or thinking about your life, your worldview that that can trap you and 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 literally suffocate uh, the relationship from the inside out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so Second Corinthians 10 and four, it says we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. Right. To knock down strongholds and human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. And so if we're not careful, our identities will get boxed in and will sing and consequently believe the lyrics of a lying, lying song, song. Yeah. right? And that's where we're saying, you got to say at some point, yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going not gonna to continue to sing along with a lying song. We are not all of the things that we've been through. Yeah. And we are not all of the mistakes that we made. We are who God says yeah. that we are.
0: Yeah, and you have um, the ability to participate in that or opt out of it. You really do have, it's it's your decision. And so for so long, uh, people think that they're powerless or they're helpless yep. within their situations. And of course, some moments and situations and struggles are a little Uh, tougher than others, Mm, but still, even in that, you have the ability to say, uh, 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 not today, (laughs) not in this house. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're going to do something different.
1: Yeah. The thought that comes to mind, you know, as we're going through when things aren't so good within the relationship is how do you look through all the dirt and the mess and the garbage of pain and frustration and failure You have to see past all the bad and tap into the gold.
0: Yeah, because it wasn't always bad. It hasn't always
1: been bad. Well, inherently, neither is your spouse either, right? right? God is up to something good. And the question is, can we see where the good is? Mm -hmm. Can we find and tap into the goal where God is in spite of all of the difficult synopsis and scenarios that we see around us? But we can
0: be so inundated with the transitions and the struggles and the change that all we see... And all we focus on is the negative. And rarely do we go back and say, wait, it wasn't like this before. It wasn't like this when we were dating. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like this when we first married. Something changed.
1: Yeah. And usually what's changing is we're believing a lie about one another or about the overall identity of the relationship. So in order to get free from where we've been, you got to tap into those core lies that yes. we believed, and we have to uproot those things and, and get them off of us. And you
0: have to go back. You mm-hmm. have to follow the trail. Yep. Um. I love someone said you have to think your thoughts. Like when a thought comes to mind, when a lie comes to mind that you just know is not true about your spouse. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that Sean is not my enemy. Yeah. That he loves me and he has great intentions for me, and so when a thought comes to mind, mm-hmm. or when I go through something, we may be going through a transition, and this thought pops in my head that Sean is not on my side mm-hmm. or he's not on my team. I have to ask myself, I have to stop and say, wait a second, is that my thought? Right. Is that? From the enemy? Yeah,
1: because just in, just because it's a, a melody in your head doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you need to sing. to sing along with it, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it sounds like you, the yeah. question is, is it really from you? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know this sounds kind of deep and weird and spooky, but I'm telling you that this is the truth. This is what we would call spiritual warfare. Yeah. I know sometimes people think about spiritual warfare and they think we're you know crosses is going to be flipping upside down and furniture is going to be slinging across <laughs> the living room. You know what I mean? We start <laughs> we start thinking some really weird horror movie stuff, but actually the most challenging thing to deal with is what's going on in your mind. Yeah. Okay. And that being said, as with those songs that get stuck in our mind, internal accusations begin to form against our spouse and they become the lyrics that we consistently recite Mm -hmm. and we're deceived in the lens that we begin to view God and mm-hmm. ourselves through and our spouse through is distorted. And that can ruin an entire season of your relationship, mm-hmm. right? So what we want to encourage you guys to do is in those difficult seasons, you want to begin to find the gold. Yeah. You know, you want to say, okay, what is it that God says? Yeah. Right. Um, I just phrased there's gold in them their heels.
0: There's gold in them their heels. You just gotta dig them out. You
1: gotta dig them out. (laughs) You gotta get the mining. Yeah. You have to begin to see the potential within your spouse. Yeah. And you want to call it out, right? One another way to phrase this would be: can you see them how Jesus sees them? Mm -hmm. Right? If Jesus was speaking over your spouse, and if he was describing your spouse would he only call out their bad behavior Mm. or would he see them as his son or daughter?
0: Yeah. Would he constantly criticize them? Right. Or will he shower them with love and affection?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and please don't get us wrong. We're not talking about being in denial of Mm -hmm. the fact that people have flaws and faults, but before you deal with what they're doing wrong, you have to know who God has called them in his righteousness. Yes. I need to see my wife robed in righteousness Because as long as I will allow any other perspective other than the fact that she's God's daughter... To define who she is, then I won't treat her in the best way possible when she's behaving outside of the context of her best description, right? So if God says that's his daughter, how would I treat a divine princess, Mm -hmm. right? How would I treat his heavenly daughter? That's the way that I need to serve you regardless to the moments where it seems to me that you're not at your best behavior, right? You're still that person. And what we have a lot of times within relationships is if you perform really well then yeah, i'll give I'll you, you really my well. best yeah. right yeah. but honestly honestly can we really say that that we're perfect mm-hmm. on the other side of that right mm-hmm. we don't we don't want to be in a relationship where your love has to be constantly earned yeah Right? We want to be in a relationship where you love me because of who I am, Absolutely. not necessarily just what I can do for you. Yeah. Right? And so yes, there are expectations within marriage. We are to serve one another and there are needs that need to be met. I get all of that. But at its core, the 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 greatest dysfunction in my opinion within relationships is not seeing one another in relation to uh and through the lens of grace when we begin to see each other through grace i see you as god sees you i'll speak that over your life yeah
0: well that's what i was about to I'll say i'll serve
1: you in that way right
0: yeah so you know when you're going through times of transition and change it's easy to be critical and so we'll end up speaking out of what we see rather than what we know to be true yes and so you know when you're critical you're Constantly just sowing seeds of dissension, sowing seeds of negativity. And it just really becomes this cycle because one person could really be
1: mm-hmm.
0: trying to better themselves. Yes. You know, they're trying themselves not to sing along to a song that may be playing in their head. Yeah,
1: But if it, you're... It, it, imagine, because she, she's on to something right now, y'all. Please listen to this. This is so big. You're saying that a person within their own worldview of themselves maybe they grew up and somebody told them they're never going to be anything right all of a sudden they're married to you and they are fighting this battle of wanting to get free from right. this lie that was put over their lives. Mm-hmm. But then you come in, right. yes. and uh, and you say you love them, but you're trying to criticize them into a better world, right? A better version of themselves. But every time you just criticize, 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 you're actually giving a self-fulfilling prophecy within them that sabotages mm-hmm. their walk mm-hmm. in getting free, right? Yeah,
0: and it simply becomes this cycle. They can't get free, you can't get free, and mm-hmm. then the Marriage is just going back and forth. Yes.
1: And so uh, here's a thought. Your words are a wellspring of life or they're a corrupt pipe.
0: Yeah.
1: Your words are a wellspring of life or they're a corrupt pipe. You're either causing life to flow in and through your marriage, in and through your children, because you're speaking over them what it is that God has declared that they are. Mm Right? Right. And, and you begin to call it out, even though sometimes you don't feel it or you don't see it, you, don't? <laughs> you
0: know, what I was about to say is some people, um, it, maybe it's a tough moment, you know, it's a really bad moment and it's just really hard for you to see the gold. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would challenge you to Google. Or, you know, find books and resources that actually give you things to speak over your spouse. Mm-hmm. And so Google, you know, scriptures um, that speak well of my spouse mm-hmm. or prayers that speak well mm-hmm. over my spouse. You know, if it's hard for you right now to come up with your own, mm-hmm. then start feeding yourself yourself. What you, you know, want to say over them oh, is you don't have to do it by yourself. There's right. tons of resources out yeah, there
1: for yeah. you. Yeah, what, what, what happens is we begin to be, you know, sowers of what it is that we want to reap in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want somebody just constantly criticizing me all day long, yeah. right? I didn't marry somebody who's, you know, trying to fact check all my faults. Right. That's that's oh, not that would be horrible. It's awful. It's yeah. it's being married to the, the tablets of stone that say thou shall not thou shall not thou shall not instead of this is who you are. This yeah. is who you are. This is how I see you. Right. And, and that's we have this deep need to be loved and to know that someone is in our corner what happens when you have a husband and a wife listen y'all that constantly affirm one another yeah. i'm not talking about always approving of each other's behavior
0: but just being i'm gentle. saying you're just
1: affirming one yeah. another but but here's the thought with that affirmation it's it it becomes this nurturing nourishing like cycle that you're now beginning to that's that wellspring of life and and It's a powerful thing because you're constantly sowing love, you're sowing care, you're sowing affection. People will actually grow at an accelerated rate. It's been proven that they will grow at an accelerated rate in an atmosphere where they're encouraged, in an atmosphere where they're affirmed. It is way more powerful. Yeah. I'm talking about multiplied impact when a person is affirmed and loved and, uh, and, and cared for and esteemed mm-hmm. rather than criticized. And so even though it's easier to criticize, yeah. it takes a little faith yeah. to begin to look at them and say, "Woo, I see all the problematic areas. But God didn't give you the oneness <laughs> yeah. of marriage just so that you can see them in their brokenness and Mm -hmm. kick them while they're down.
0: Well, here's the thing with that oneness in marriage is your issues... Are my issues as well.
1: That's right. It's a shared it dynamic. It is a
0: shared dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so you may think and say that they have their issues, but if you're married to them, huh, we have our issues. Yep. And we're going through this transition and we're trying to work out some situations. And yep. so, you know, one of the things that I battled with was insecurity. And so Sean had to share in that with me and say, had to pretty much come alongside me and say, hey, Lynette, what do you need? How can I serve you? How can we get over this? Because there's some great things. There's some wonderful things that you have that the world needs. Yep. And so I'm going to come alongside you and carry this burden with you
1: mm-hmm.
0: rather than, well, you got insecurity. You need to suck it up and yeah. get it right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I, I think that, you know, when we talk about transitions, the thing about them in seasons of difficulty, the pressure is on. And when that pressure's on, it can squeeze out some of the best yeah. and it can squeeze out some of the worst in us. Mm-hmm. It's not then, you know, for us when the worst comes out for us to, oh, see, that's I told you. And we, we begin to rub it in their face when they make a mistake. It's like, what do you gain yeah. from that? Yeah. Right. Other than being prideful. Right. Or arrogant. and And, you know, in fact, let me give it another way. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So Satan goes around and his one responsibility, yeah. this is what he does is to literally go around and just bring accusation because he knows that if he can blame and shame, yeah. he can lead to guilt it can lead to guilt and condemnation. And so who wants to live in yeah. a house where it's just a constant cloud of blame, you know, blame shifting, guilt throwing? Like, that's not a healthy atmosphere for growth. That's not a healthy
0: atmosphere. And, you know, one of the thoughts I I just had was that's not protecting your spouse. Mm -hmm. That's not thinking well of them. You know, there's there's a gentleness that we all should have with our spouses. Yes. And so when they're going through situations and struggles, you know, kind of going back to the last segment that we talked about, you know, you're in the fix it mode and they're still in the shock and disorientation mode. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be gentle towards them and really come alongside and partner and help and care for them mm-hmm. and not bash them. Aside the head, when they're not on the same page as you.
1: I, I remember one time. I, I mean, I say one time, but there's been so many times that you've done this for me. But there was a season. I where... I bashed you upside head. No, not that. Oh. Okay. Uh, there, there's, uh was there was a season where I was really struggling to process like my next place in you know my career and in my calling, mm-hmm. like in who I was um, as a man, and I felt like some of the dreams that I had, they had began to just crumble. They weren't turning out the way that I wanted them to. I had had some success, but nowhere near on the level that I kind of pictured when I thought about my dreams and, and my ambitions and hopes as a father and as a, um, as a minister. And I was really kind of, I felt like I had let myself down, let my family down, the people that I led down. And it wasn't that I did anything wrong. I just wasn't there yet. I wasn't at that place of, God, I see this dream where we're impacting these people and we're seeing their life change. And I just felt stuck. Um, I began to pull away, you know, from you a little bit and it wasn't anything towards you. Um, ladies, sometimes some guys do this, yeah. we'll turn inward, right. And we'll begin to pull away, but don't take it personally. And I'm grateful now in this season that you didn't take it as personally because we had had some conversations yeah. about it yeah. and you understood that that was just my thing. I needed time to focus. Give me time to process. But then I went really deep into this whole of processing and it was really deep focus to where I almost became depressed. Um, and you know, I was really covered in guilt and shame. And, 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 and that came alongside me. And she didn't, um, it wasn't that she just had empathy, like, or let me, let me change that. It wasn't that she had sympathy mm. where sympathy is where she just would feel sorry for me in this dark place that I was in. She actually had empathy, which is where she felt for me to the extent that she came alongside me. And what she did in that moment was she was like, all right, what do you need? You know, (laughs) but here's what I see. And she began to speak over me, the fact that I wasn't a failure that, you know, I hadn't lost it all, or I hadn't disappointed. And she began to remind me of what the dreams in the past that I had accomplished, the impact that it made on people's lives and the significance that I had, you know, had in my life. And that for me was like, it was like, she replugged my soul up, you know, to the power to where I was able to come back alive again and say, all right. I can dream again. I I can do this again. Right. A a whole season of my life was, was like in jeopardy because I was allowing myself to succumb to feelings of guilt or shame or condemnation. And instead of her coming alongside me, pointing her finger in my face saying, you ain't talking to me, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not letting me in, you know, you're, you're not loving me. And it wasn't her centered, but in that moment I needed the strength that she could give. Yeah. And instead of her taking it personal, she stepped in, looked me in the eyes, loved on me, and she called out the goal. Mm. And and we kept on moving and I was able to overcome and come out of that dark place. And and so I want to encourage you guys to understand that as your spouse is experiencing a transition or a different season in their lives, they don't need you to be their harshest critic. They need you to be a place of comfort. Yeah. They need you to call out the gold in them and to affirm
0: and share and, in and,
1: the struggle. Yeah, share in the struggle. Walk with them in it. Um, and sometimes, you know, honestly, I'll say this: there was a there was another time I, I just remember it's so just many the moments. The floodgates right are open. There, there was there was <laughs> another moment where um, she couldn't reach me uh, as a man. I, I was like way gone. Um, but I had a mentor in in my life and she reached out to my mentor and guys listen if your wife can't you know tap in and she goes around and connects with another guy that can meet you be grateful that she did don't kick her because all of a sudden you know what i mean don't don't kick her out because all of a sudden she went behind your back quote unquote like let's get rid of that man we need to be healed we need to be healthy and if your spouse is willing to help you get the help right so you guys can move forward just receive it in love but she reached out to my spiritual dad And he called me up and he gave me some encouragement, man. I'll never forget it. I was driving down the street in Fort Worth and he called me up and I always answer the phone when my, my spiritual dad calls and we talked And it was probably like a seven-minute conversation, but I just felt so much freedom after I got done talking to him. I ended up bawling while I was on the phone, and I'm not a crier. But that was one of the most difficult seasons that I was in. And it was because, again, you were willing to see, hey, I can't really get past this wall with him, but I love him enough to help him overcome this, this cloud of guilt and shame again, you know, that I was carrying because I felt like a failure, which obviously y'all can see was a theme, that lying song that I was singing. Um, and so I I just want to encourage you guys, whether it be through your spouse directly, uh, through a therapist through a counselor, through the scriptures, right. Find ways to encourage one another to greatness not necessarily to cast stones yeah. of judgment, or, or you know, or becoming overly critical. Uh, we write a lot about this. This is actually one of my favorite chapters in marriage in transition. Oh, hands down, yeah. this is one of my favorite chapters in the book. And here's the thing. I love the last three, four chapters more than anything. Those are my favorite. Okay, but you can't get to those (laughs) until you find the gold first. So if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't read the book yet. Start digging in the heels. You need to make sure you get your copy of Marriage in Transition. You can get it from marriageintransition.com. Thank you guys again for being with us. We look forward to connecting with you on the next episode.